Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Sprinkler Nerd Show. I'm excited today to introduce you to my good friend Todd Hudgens. And I thought that bringing Todd on the show today would be appropriate because we are coming into the end of 2019, turning the corner on 2020. And oftentimes when we turn the corner onto a new year, we make a series of New Year's resolutions, many of which are to either exercise more or eat healthier or lose weight. A lot of Americans join gyms and then never go or stop paying after the first month. And so, you know, there's just a lot of tie into New Year's resolutions and healthy living. And Todd has an amazing story as it relates to being an irrigation or owning an irrigation contracting company and taking a path to becoming a healthier person and losing over 100 pounds. And so today you're going to hear Todd's story and how he was able to make the transition to losing weight, how it has affected his lifestyle and how you may be able to follow Todd's lead and make changes in your own daily habits. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Todd Hudgens of Bayside Irrigation to the show. If you are an irrigation professional, old or new, who designs, installs, or maintains high-end residential, commercial, or municipal properties, and you want to use technology to improve your business, to get a leg up on your competition, even if you're an old-school irrigator from the days of hydraulic systems, this show is for you. Todd, welcome to the Sprinkler Nerd Show. Glad to have you on today. Before we get started, I just wanted to uh, say a couple things because you and I have known each other for a long time now, and I was able to see you before you started your business and during your business startup transition and after your business, and then on to some of the things you're doing today. So I kind of wanted to start with um, hearing about your green industry background and how you got into landscaping and or irrigation, you know, from the beginning. So tell us where Todd got started. Okay. So uh, in high school, um, I was kind of bored really in high school and I was just kind of looking for something else to do. And I, and I, uh, I looked into the work study program and uh, I was actually studying with a small engine to be a small engine mechanic uh, in high school and some of the Votech classes. And uh, I started working part time on the work study program through, I think it was my 11th and 12th grade. Um, I was working part time for a small lawn maintenance company in, uh, in Maryland, in the Crofton area. And um, it, uh, after about two seasons, the guy was like, look, I, you know, I, had, I guess I had serviced and repaired everything he needed. So he was going to let me go. And he gave me notice that he was going to let me go. And I, he said, you know, I said, well, is there any other options? And he said, sure, if you wouldn't mind working on a maintenance crew. So that was the beginning of me getting into the green industry. I started working on a maintenance crew as a laborer. Nice. Because you, uh, you did such a good job fixing engines. There was no more work. <laughs> Could have worked a little slower and kept your job, but you did such a good job. They were ready to say, hey, there's nothing left to do. You did it all. And then they, another door opened to another industry. 
Literally, literally. So I kind of morphed my way into that. I, it started out slowly. I was working a few days, a few days a week uh, in his shop, servicing and fixing things. And then um, the balance of the week, I would work uh, out in the field with his crews. And then inevitably, it turned out that I did that full-time at some point because I preferred it over working on his equipment. <laughs> wow. Awesome. And so you were doing uh, landscaping, maintenance, irrigation. What was the type of work when you, when you moved to, to the new division? Mostly lawn maintenance. It started out as lawn maintenance. Um, and uh, we did a lot of uh, commercial properties and uh, like HOA developments and things like that. Um, mostly, you know, grass cutting, pruning, edging, weeding, mulching, typical, typical uh, green industry maintenance things. Okay. And what year was this? Oof. Um, 89 or 90. Okay. Long before uh, we met then. Yeah. Yep. Because I believe we, you were working for, uh, what was the company up there on Baydale? drive oh, uh, Ch child's child's yes you were like the uh irrigation division manager of child's that is correct yep um and i think when we met that was in 2000 about 2004 i think i think it was three or four yeah 2003 or four yeah and uh, and now you own you you founded uh own and run bayside irrigation and I, you know, you started that after Childs. So kind of take us from, you know, working at Childs to starting Bayside Irrigation. So uh, I'll kind of back up a little bit if, if you're okay with that. And uh, I started out in the, in the green industry doing maintenance and service. And I kind of worked my way up uh, to running a crew. And, uh, and then I kind of worked my way up to like a senior crew level position with a couple of different companies. I kind of moved around and I ended up with, all of my sites being irrigated. And what I ended up doing was I, I uh, we had an irrigation division, but their response was kind of slow. I was actually making rotations and going back to these same properties and, and the irrigation issues that were brought to my attention were not being addressed. So I started, I took it upon myself to start kind of learning, I guess, in the field. Um, you know, back in the day, we didn't have YouTube. <laughs> now you can just look it up on YouTube and figure it out. But but uh, back in the day, you, you had to figure it out by trial and error, or you asked somebody that knew or a mentor that, that knew what they were doing. And, and at that point, I didn't have anybody. So I, I pretty much just dove in and trial and error, I was making irrigation repairs in the field. Okay, so you were working uh, landscape maintenance, but these sites of yours, you were making repeat visits because of irrigation related problems, of which you didn't know really much about irrigation. And so because your sites had issues with irrigation, you just jumped in head first and said, I'm going to, I'm going to learn this. Exactly. Exactly. So that's kind of how I got into the irrigation industry was kind of morphed. It began in the, the maintenance side and then morphed into the irrigation side. So from that point, I uh, worked my way up to the point where I was an irrigation manager, like you had said, and uh, I was working for Childs and, uh, you know, things uh, didn't go so well at Childs. Um, and they let me go right before the holidays and I decided, you know what, I'm just going to do this on my own. So I decided to, to throw myself under the bus and, and go self-employed and it was right before the holidays, which, you know, anybody that's in the green industry, you know, that it's not the best time of the year to probably start a business. Yeah. When you said, I'm going to start this business, 
it's one thing to think it in your mind. And for those of you who are listening, some of you probably think it every day. And, and maybe some of you have even thought this every day for years and years and years. What made you go from thinking it to actually doing it? And how did you, what did you do first when you said, I'm going to start this business? What was the first actionable step you took to actually go do it? So the, the first thing I did was I drew my logo. I had envisioned what I wanted and I, I drew up my logo and, and got that started. And, and then I went up to uh, the licensing department and got my business license. And that was step two. And then step three was I needed clients. <laughs> so I started, <laughs> I started, uh, I started knocking on doors and, and hitting relationships that I was familiar with and trying to drum up work. And uh, within a week I had landed my first job. Awesome. And I do remember those steps because I was, uh, let's say I was your account manager at, at, in distribution. And so I was looking for jobs and we were, you know, as a supplier, you know, doing our best to support a new business uh, startup. You were, you guys are awesome. You, you guys probably, uh, probably you single-handedly, uh, Drew, you, uh, you, you, you kept me alive that, that winter, I think. <laughs> well, I appreciate that, Todd. It goes both ways, but thanks for uh, taking a chance to start your business so we could, uh, you know, grow a relationship together. <laughs> yeah, no, it was great. <laughs> okay, so when you started, you, it was just you, um, and I don't recall, I feel like you had a couple laborers or a couple key guys, um, but I'm sure at that time you would do whatever you needed to do, dig in ditches, pull in pipe. Yeah, so I, I was... I was everything. I wore a lot of hats. I, uh, I started out uh, in the field. I was working seven days a week. Um, I, uh, I uh, would do sales and install during the week. And then on the weekends uh, or even evenings, I would, I would hire people that were employed that I knew historically over the years that I would hire them part-time to help me get these larger installs done on the weekend. So I was pretty much working sun up to sundown seven days a week because I would do what I could do to bring in more work or or do an install and then I would bring in backup labor uh, when they were available because I, I couldn't afford to bring them on full time. So that's kind of what I, I did that for probably two years and then started backing down to normal work hours and started hiring people. I want to say I probably hired my first employee after my first full year. So at that point you were doing, uh, you had subcontract laborers, let's, let's say, or independent laborers that weren't on payroll. You had yourself and you were really bootstrapping as best that you could to build some cash flow, build some clients, uh, get some business and be profitable. Yes, exactly. And during that time. So I would say that that is probably the time where most people give it a try and you, you know, stuck with it long enough. You say it took a year. That's, you know, that's no joke to, to hang with it that long to turn it into something. And, you know, a lot of people probably start and after six months, just give it up and go back to the irrigation or landscape contractor that they were working with before or find another one, Don't give it the amount of time. So during that one year period, what was the hardest part for you? I would say the hardest part during that one year process was probably when I was working those long hours, probably being away from the family would probably be the hardest part, the kids and the wife, but uh, they understood, you know, they knew, uh, what I had to do and they, uh, they backed it. But, uh, that, that was probably the hardest part. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's the same things that you're already doing just more of it. Right. And, uh, so you're already doing the installs, you're already doing the sales. So you just, you just got to keep up with it and, uh, and stay on it and, and just don't give up. Just, you know, I always say I'm, I'm, I'm too stupid to quit. 
<laughs> and you and you got to like it. So, you know, whether it's liking the trade of it or the business of it or the customers or something in it, you got to like or you will stop doing it because we do things that we like at the end of the day. I like a challenge. We'll we'll definitely be hearing your your challenges here in a couple of minutes. I I can just see that that's uh, where you've transitioned to now. It's probably all about challenge. <laughs> this is true. So let's transition to now. So it was uh, you still own and operate Bayside Irrigation. What's your company look like today? Uh, today we are doing about one point five to one point eight million per year. Uh, so we're not huge, but we have we are bigger. Uh, we employ roughly about twelve to fourteen people full time. Um, Excellent. Yeah, um, we are you know based on the eastern shore of Maryland, but we cover a pretty large territory. We go uh, northern Virginia, northern Baltimore, southern Maryland, and we go as far as Ocean City, Maryland. So we cover pretty pretty big territory, all things considered. Uh, and now that you're 15 years in, are you able to step away a little bit from saying, you know what, it's Wednesday, uh, you know, I've got some stuff I want to do that's not business related. Can you have a more flexible schedule now at this point? Absolutely. And you know what the hard part is that you actually have to plan that. I've, I learned over the years that if you don't make it happen, it won't happen. There's always things, there's always stuff that has to be addressed or things you have to handle. And, uh, and, and we'll get into this later when we start talking about the, uh, the health aspect, but uh, it took me a long time to realize that uh, I have to do that for me. It's important to do that for me. And uh, the answer is yes. Now I do and now I can. You know, certainly sometimes there's things that come up. It's business. Things come up uh, that might modify some certain plans or things like that. But at the end of the day, um, I try to make it a goal to, uh, to get away. Uh, every two weeks, I try to get away for a long weekend. So that every two weeks, so that would be twice a month. You get away for a long weekend. And what's a long weekend? Friday through Sunday, Thursday through Sunday. Could oh. be thurs Thursday through Sunday, Friday to Monday. Could be Friday to Sunday. It depends on what I'm dealing with, or or if I have uh, you know appointments or deadlines or anything like that. I'll kind of move things based on those items. But I I really try to block myself out a window of time. Uh, in Sometimes it's not every two weeks. Sometimes it's once a month. Uh, but I, my goal, my, my personal goal is to do something every two weeks, twice a month. Awesome. And I would, I would suspect that as the, you know, as the business owner, you take all the risk, all the responsibility, the liability. And when you're working, it is long hours, uh, sometimes sleepless nights. And that one of the rewards for all of that, you know, not only is some financial benefits, but a freedom of time you know, flexibility and time and uh, you deserve it, man. Thanks brother. Thank you. It's uh, it's definitely, uh, definitely earned. And, uh, but it, it's important. It's really important. I think as a business owner, um, you know, we deal with a lot of different things. We wear a lot of different hats and I think that uh, it's important to recharge and regenerate your mind and, and, and that way you can come back in feeling really good and fresh and ready to hit it hard again. Yeah. Is it possible to, or, or maybe I should ask you, do you implement that at all through your staff? Are there, are there ways that you can take that and, and move that into to your staff management? So we do certain things like uh, we're coming up on the holidays and we actually give everyone off between the holidays, uh, all of our uh, key people with pay. 
Um, and the only reason we would work is if there were snow. So we actually shut down and I, and that's one of the gifts that I give them. Um, so that they get extended time off. That's great. And that helps them. That helps offset when they're busting their butt, uh, in the hot of the, of the heat of the summer in the mid Atlantic. Yeah. It's, uh, so they enjoy it. They look forward to it. And we, uh, we typically don't work unless, like I said, unless we have a snow issue or something like that, then we'll, then we'll call them in and work. But otherwise, uh, I want them to go spend time with, you know, with their family. Awesome. Very cool. So let's transition to phase two. One of the reasons that I wanted to have you on the show to share your story is number one, you came from the green industry. You are in the green industry and you started your own business and there are stories um, that you can tell which you have with our audience. And then phase two is you were able to transition yourself, uh, your family, your fitness, your mind from a probably a state that we all are in a lot of the time to a really healthy uh, mind and body. And I think it is amazing. And hopefully I'll have a, a picture of, of the old Todd, the Todd that I know and knew and the new Todd. <laughs> I think that a lot of our listeners that are in our industry are very similar to you in terms of they sit in their vehicle for at least an hour or more a day, either going to jobs, driving home, they potentially we uh, drink Red Bull or Coke uh, or eat McDonald's or Kentucky Fried Chicken and then smoke a cigarette. And then we just don't always live a healthy lifestyle. And you have figured out a way to break free from that. And I thought it would be great to hear your story. Absolutely. So uh, you're right. You know, it's, uh, I think people in our industry, we live uh, to please our clients and our employees and we run around like crazy, even people that don't necessarily own uh, their business, but maybe you're even in a management position or a position of authority. And at the end of the day, we, we all tend to put everything else more important than ourselves. And, you know, people that might do that might be mothers, uh, fathers, uh, business owners, managers. We tend to put everything else as a priority over ourselves. When at the end of the day, I've learned the hard way over time that if you don't take care of yourself, you have nothing because you can't do the things that you're responsible for. You can't do the things that you want to do if you're not healthy physically and mentally. And, uh, you know, for years, uh, I, I, I basically ran my business. I ran it hard. I put everything I had into it. But what I was neglecting was me. And uh, I, I pretty much just uh, uh, drove my body like it was a rental car. <laughs> is about the best way I can describe it. <laughs> that is a great analogy. <laughs> and, there, and you can't rent another one, though, unfortunately, right? You can't turn it in and rent another one. <laughs> right. You can't turn it in, drop it off, and go, this one's defective. I need another one. And I, I got to the point where um, my my father started having some serious health issues, and I watched him decline. And a lot of it was related; most of it was related to how he treated himself physically, uh, and and then what his physical health did to him mentally. I saw those things change. And uh, when my father passed away, I I was already looking for something to get me healthy. But once he passed away, it was kind of like the, the final nail in the coffin that said, you know what, I got to do something or I'm going to end up right there. And uh, so uh, I ended up uh, finding uh, actually a program um, that uh, I found through a friend on Facebook. And um, contacted her and uh, 
she told me about the program uh, over a phone call and uh, I decided this is it. And uh, so I got on board and uh, the program is interesting in that it's, it's different. I'm sure people have heard of like keto diets. I'm sure people have heard of all these other things. And the biggest separation from this and other things, there's a couple of different things. The first thing is that it, it taught me how to lose weight, how to eat healthy, how to change my daily habits and daily routines to healthy habits and healthy routines. And through that process, you end up losing weight. So the, the program's designed to get you healthy. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you lose weight, but those are the results because that's what healthy is, if that makes sense. So I was unhealthy and it put me into a healthy state. Um, so basically it teaches you these healthy habits. And then once you get to wherever you want to be physically or, or whatever that is, then it teaches you how to transition off of the program and into a healthy lifestyle. And that's the, that's the key to keeping it off. So there's a, there's a process of it. But what made the whole thing amazing was that it's step by step by step by step. Because at the end of the day, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know how to get healthy. The only thing I knew is that I didn't want to be unhealthy anymore. And I needed something that could guide me and walk me through it. Does that make sense? Yeah. So do you, do you have any specific bad habit examples that you had before the program? Oh, uh, yeah. I did everything wrong. Uh, small examples. You got to drink a lot of water. Your body's made up of, uh, I don't know what percentage of water, but it's a lot. And you need to replenish that. Most people run around dehydrated all day long. Uh, a healthy habit. One of the first things you could do is add 64 to 100 ounces of water to your diet every day. It's uh, it's good for your skin's elasticity. It's good for your brain. It's good. Uh, your brain's floating in water. If you don't have enough water in your brain, you're going to not even think straight. So it's, it's important to stay hydrated. That would probably be one of the biggest things that I would suggest. The other thing is that eating at the right times and eating the right things at the right intervals, learning how to do that. Uh, you know, it's terribly convenient to pull into a 7-Eleven like you had mentioned earlier and grab one of those uh, uh, burritos that you throw in into a microwave or something like that. Uh, but, you know, food is, is often perceived uh, as a... Uh, I know what I like to put that, I guess, like a treat or a reward when really it's fuel. It's like, it's like gasoline for your body. It's, you know, would you, would you, would you buy that couple gallons of gas to fill up your car? If you had this nice car, would you fill it up with gas cans that were just kind of laying around? They might've had water in it. Who knows if they had, their, no, you wouldn't. Right. So, so you wouldn't want to do that with your body either. And, and that concept is, is, is a mindset shift or mindset change to recognize that I'm putting this in my body because it is fuel for my body. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. It's not just because it tastes good. We hope it tastes good and usually it does, but it, it's fuel. Yeah. I like that, which we think about when we exercise. So I guess to me, I, I think of that. I exercise a lot that I think of fuel when I exercise, but I don't tend to always think of food as fuel, non-exercise, but really it's always fuel. It's always fuel. So at the end of the day, what changes is your activity level. So the, the, the less activities you do, the less fuel you need. The more activities you do, the more fuel you need. So kind of like your vehicle, if you had a, say, a Corvette and you stayed out of the throttle, well, then you wouldn't necessarily need as much fuel. But if you want to kick the performance level of that car in, you're going you're gonna to hit the skinny pedal and you're going to have to pay at the pump. So kind of same scenario. If, you, if you're 
exercising or working out or even working in the field if you if you work in the field and you're digging absolutely i, I was just going to say if you're a contractor you are likely if you're in the field burning massive amounts of calories absolutely and the trick is to replace those calories so what happens is is people typically live in a uh, a bad caloric state meaning that they don't uh, eat enough of the right things they eat uh horrible uh things that are unhealthy uh fats and things like that and then they eat at wrong intervals or a lot of people like me you know i didn't eat breakfast i barely ate lunch sometimes but then i would have a massive dinner and i would snack after after uh, after dinner and so what happens is if you don't eat the right things at the right intervals and replace what you burn you put your body into a uh i guess how would explain this you basically put your body into a state that it is not going to burn anything it's just going to store so what ends up happening is what you end up eating your body burns off what it needs to burn off but then it stores everything else as fat and you put your body into a uh, like a storage phase, if that makes sense. And then you grow, and your belly gets bigger, and your cheeks get wider. And then, yeah, ask me how I know. <laughs> ask me how I know. <laughs> you know, I I uh, I think at my largest, I was probably pushing three hundred pounds, and uh, my highest recorded weight was two seventy seven. And I only know that because I was at a physical for a, my doctor, and he said, "Get on the scale." Uh, of, other than that. Uh, I don't have any higher recorded weight, but I'm I'm pretty confident that I was pushing 300 at one point. Currently, I'm 170. Wow! So, well, cheers, man! Congratulations to to that. That is uh, to be a hundred pounds below is impressive. To me, that would be harder than starting a business. You know, if you know business, you got a little risk taking in your blood. You can go start a business, but losing 100 pounds, holy smokes, that's impressive. Yeah. Hundred and seven. So you know, to to really be fair with it, it's like anything else. Um, once you understand what you're doing, it's consistency. You know, it's it's. Do we all make mistakes? Absolutely. Do you make mistakes in your business? Absolutely. But you don't quit, right? So you know, if you make a bad mistake with your business, you don't come in the next day and burn everything to the ground and say, "Forget it. I'm not doing this anymore. This this doesn't work." It, it's it's the same thing with your health. Uh, you have to contend for your health every day and. Uh, you know, if something doesn't work out or you make a bad mistake, you just pick up where you left off and keep on pushing through. You are the living example because one of the things that I find so uh, amazing is that this isn't something that just happened yesterday. If, if I'm not mistaken, it's been a couple of years where you've maintained this weight loss and you haven't slingshotted back. Yeah, yeah. So the, the key really to this whole thing is is you know anybody can lose weight. I mean, certainly some people struggle more than others. But at the end of the day, I think there's a lot of things that you can lose weight from. Now, are they healthy? I, I don't know. Some of these some of these things are not healthy. Some are healthy. But the the key to it is that keeping it off. Because at the end of the day, if you're only losing it and you're yo-yoing, we, we call that yo-yoing. If you're yo-yoing, you're yeah. Sorry, I said slingshot. That would be one direction. Yo-yo. If you're if you're yo-yoing your your diet then the, the dilemma is that you're, you're, that's not healthy, right? So, and, and it's not fun. It's not fun to have to go through the phase of weight loss and weight gain, weight loss and weight gain. At the end of the day, it seems like you always put on more than you took off if you go that direction. Yeah. So the key, the key to it is, if, is find something that'll help you, teach you how to keep it off. And uh, I lost uh, 107 pounds in about nine months time and uh, kept it off now for just over three years. Wow. 
which is probably a sign of you have changed your habits. Uh, one year might be lucky, two years might be awesome, three years sounds like you did change your habits. Absolutely. I would say my habits were, were, were set in place probably within three to six months. I, I set the habits and the, the trick is to continue the habits because it's real easy to not continue habits. It's real easy to fall back into your old habits. It's really easy to allow something like, and this is where, remember we were just a few minutes ago, we were talking about how some people treat food as a reward or people treat food as something like that, but, but really it's just fuel. So I think a lot of it is the mindset on how you view food. People celebrate with food, like example, birthday cake. Right? Yeah. I'm going to celebrate my birthday and I'm going to have a cake. I don't know. I think that uh, I think that I, I I've changed my mindset on on food and I look at it as literally as fuel and I want to put premium fuel in my Corvette <laughs> and my I consider my body a Corvette now. Yeah. Wow. Would you be willing to tell us what a you know let's say a working a, a day in the life of, of working Todd when Todd has to go out to a job which uh, to, a, to into the field which would be similar to perhaps a, a contractor or such that might be listening. What does your diet look like throughout the day in this new healthy routine? So typically I wake up, I have uh, some eggs, maybe uh, some cheese, some veggies with that. And how, how would somebody know if they should have one egg or four eggs or six eggs? What's the right amount of eggs? Yeah, so the challenge is it's actually math. So each person could be different depending upon their activity levels. Um, and in order to know that, I need to ha I need to ask them some okay. specific. Okay. Because I love questions. eggs, so I'd probably just have three every day. <laughs> three would be uh, three would be a good start. Three sounds like a lot, but it's actually not a whole lot. I, the funny thing is, I actually eat more food now than I ate when I was two hundred and seventy-seven pounds. I'm one seventy now, and I eat a lot of food, uh, but it's what I eat, and it's when I eat it. So. You know, for me, I might have, um, it depends on what I'm doing, but if I'm having like hard boiled eggs, I might have six hard boiled eggs. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, I'll, I'll toss the yolks. I'll just have, uh, I'll just have the, uh, the hard boiled eggs and then, uh, I'm typically eat every two and a half hours. So, uh, two and a half hours later, I'll have something else to eat. Um, I usually carry some real high protein, uh, low carb bars with me because they're convenient being a contractor. It's not, it's not super convenient to eat healthy, like you'd mentioned before, because you're always on the run and you got to carry stuff with you. Well, you know, if I had to meal prep every single meal, I eat every two and a half hours. So if I had to meal prep every single meal, that's a lot of work. So for me, I found it convenient to, uh, our program actually offers uh, prepackaged things. And I, I utilize those to fill in between when I can't, like if I'm out in the field meeting with clients, uh, setting up job sites, uh, whatever. Um, it needs to be convenient too, right? So, because if it's not convenient, you're not going to do it. Do, do you set yourself a alarm? Because I know sometimes time just flies and you get distracted. And the next thing you know, it's noon and you got there at eight. Do you, how do you know when two and a half hours is up and you should eat? It does. You know, the funny thing is that at first, when I first started setting these habits, uh, I knew when it was time to eat because I was hungry. And then as my body became adjusted to it, I didn't know when it was time to eat because I wasn't hungry in between eating. And uh, I had to set an alarm and then I found an app. There's an app that I was started using uh, that I would set the alarm with and it would sound off about five or 10 minutes before it's time. Was this a, a, an alarm app or a, a food app? Yeah, it's actually called Eat Wise. 
it's an app that I just found off of the Play Store. Um, and it basically is just a food timer. Basically, it's basically a series of alarms that you would set. And, uh, and, and yeah, so it's nothing really magical, but uh, it just helps you with your timing. Um, then the, uh, the biggest thing would be, you know, make sure you're getting your water in. Plenty of water. Water is, water is key. Water helps with elasticity. So an example would be, you know, at my waist, I was a 44-inch waist and my pants were tight. Now I'm a 32-inch waist. Well, going from that size to a 32, you would think that I would have a ton of excess skin. And the fact is that I really don't have a ton of excess skin. And, and it's, it's, it comes back to the water. Drinking that water helps with the elasticity of your skin. Now, at some point, people would end up with loose skin and might need to have something uh, dealt with surgically. But I think that I was on the, on the edge of, of that. Uh, and uh, I think water really helped me with it. Hmm. And, and so you, you um, have your eggs, you do a two and a half hour timer for a snack. What would you typically have for lunch in the field? Okay, so an example, I actually, uh, an example would be uh, yesterday, I went out to lunch with a client and uh, yesterday I actually had uh, a petite filet and uh, I had some asparagus. Well, you, you had, that, that sounds like too good to be true. Yeah, yeah, I had a, Petite filet, some asparagus, and uh, and I had uh, grilled shrimp as an appetizer. But but I didn't hear anything that was fried. Uh, there, I didn't hear you say French fries, uh, potato chips, um, you know, bread. It, it sounds like it was pretty protein rich and vegetable rich lunch. It is. It is. Protein and veggies are going to be key, and you'll get your carbs out of your vegetables, um, and you'll get your healthy fats out of your proteins. And if you eat a really uh, lean uh, protein, you would want to add some healthy fats, something like salad dressing or something like that. Like, and, and an example of a lean protein might be chicken's kind of a lean, uh, like a white fish would be really lean. Uh, and a lot of this is stuff that you learn. These are, these are things that you learn over the process through the programs. Um, and it takes time to learn these things and set the habits. So probably the things I'm talking about, my people might not fully understand, or it might be a little overwhelming, but, but, uh, once you get into it, it starts to make sense. Once you start setting the mm -hmm. habits. Okay. And then after lunch, was there anything going on in the afternoon? Uh, two and a half hours later, I would assume. Oh yeah. Two and a half hours later, I'm eating something else. Uh, it depends on my activity and what I'm doing. But uh, if I'm doing a lot of physical activities, I might add more protein or I might just have a protein bar. Uh, and then again, two and a half hours after that I eat. And basically as long as I'm awake every two and a half hours, I'm eating something healthy. Uh, some people, you know, a lot of people tell you that it's unhealthy to eat something after dinner. It's not true. If you're eating the right things at the right time, you want to continue eating to keep your metabolism spiked so that you continue to uh, burn any, any fats or anything that, that you're, you're fighting or just to keep your metabolism up in general, just to maintain where you're at. Mm -hmm. um, it's uh it's 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 an old wives' tale, I guess, or a misdemeanor that you that you would you would think that uh, eating after dinner is bad, right? Because your your parents like, I don't eat anything after dinner because you're going to store that as fat when you go to bed. I'm sure you've heard that, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's not true. It, it now it depends on what you eat. If you eat the wrong thing at the wrong time, then certainly, absolutely. So it's uh, so I keep eating. I mean, if I'm up, uh, you know, ten, eleven o'clock at night, I'm eating again. <laughs> hmm, awesome. 
I think a lot of people would would love to to eat. You know, people think I, I'm I'm I feel hungry, but you know what? Maybe I should just go to bed instead. <laughs> and maybe you should do both. But if you feel hungry, eat a small snack. If you're on, I guess your plan versus the old. Don't just eat if you're on your current trajectory. It, it, so it is definitely math, and and it's all calculated, and it's kind of a little bit different person by person. But if, if somebody did want some advice, uh, if, if you wanted to give my contact info, they certainly would, could reach out to me and I can certainly. Yeah. So would you be, is there a way that um, anyone listening would that um, can get a hold of you? Absolutely. Uh, shoot me an email at Todd, T-O-D-D, at BaysideIrrigation.com. That's B-A-Y-S-I-D-E-I-R-R-I-G-A-T-I-O-N.com. And uh, fire off an email and say, hey, I want to hear more about this healthy thing you're doing. And I can absolutely uh, explain it to them how it works. And uh, it's life-changing. Because I think that it may be nice to have, you are, you were and are a contractor. So you can relate to someone who is in the same field. And it may be helpful if someone's looking to get healthy to be able to talk to someone who is essentially just like them. Absolutely. I, you know, and you know what? Uh, in, f- in full disclosure, my wife and I have both been so happy. She's lost like 65 or 70 pounds on the program. And uh, we both have been so happy with our results that we, we want other people to feel like what we feel. I'm, I'm literally, my energy level is through the roof. And to give you a small example, at 280 pounds, I wasn't doing a whole lot physically. I could certainly grab a shovel and I could dig and I could do things like that. I get winded easy. Um, but I was, I was never a lay around kind of guy, even though I was a big guy, I was always still pretty active, but, but I was limited based on my physical size. Right. And, and, and I would get, uh, my stamina was low. And, um, now that, uh, now that I've got myself healthy, uh, I, I've started surfing. I started uh, paddle boarding and then I morphed paddle boarding into paddleboard surfing. And, uh, so I'm, I'm able to physically do more things. I have, uh, a greater energy level. And I, I literally, the best way I can describe it is I, I'm, I'm 49 years old and I feel like I'm in my, I'm in my late twenties, early thirties. And it's 100% derived around how I fuel my body. Wow. That's incredible. Awesome. And it sounds like now you can take that long weekend and go enjoy yourself. So it's a double win. Yeah. Example, last weekend I was surfing down in North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have to uh, keep in touch on that. Uh, that sounds too, too fun. <laughs> who, who, who starts surfing at 49 years old? Not very many people probably. Yeah. Most people are feeling their age at 49 years old <laughs> and saying things like, man, I can't do the things I used to do. <laughs> I, you know, I couldn't, and now I can. Now I, uh, I, you know, I have a I have some friends that are in their early 30s, and and they're like, "Man, you got to slow down." I'm like, "You got to keep up. <laughs> we got stuff to do. Life is short. Let's get this done." <laughs> awesome. Well, that's such a great story, Todd, and I appreciate you sharing your contact information. I'll try to link up to that as well. And as we kind of wrap this up, a couple of friends of mine have podcasts, and they do something unique and different at the end. They call the lightning round. And so if you're up for it, I got a couple that we might call random questions in this lightning round. Do it. Go for it. Okay. 
So we're going to start up with uh, how many days can you go wearing the same pair of jeans? <laughs> now, that depends on my level of activity and what I'm doing the previous day. I would say I can potentially go two days if I'm office if I'm an office dweller the previous day. If I'm in the field, they're going in the laundry. <laughs> I have to feel good about how I look too. <laughs> okay, two days, two days, fair enough. Two days max. Is there something that you've changed your mind about recently? Yeah. I I'm going to go back to being healthy. And one of the biggest things I've changed my mind on is changing my mind. I've learned to change my mindset and that my mindset needs to be as healthy as my body because I think that it's all tied together. I think being physically healthy, mentally healthy, and financially healthy are all intertwined. And I think that if one of those is out of whack, the other are suffering. Okay. That's a great, that's a great strategy. So I've changed my mind on what I, I guess, expose myself to and what I'm willing to listen to. Example, I don't watch TV anymore. It's not worth it. There's absolutely nothing on there that I'm interested in anymore. That's going to keep me in a positive mindset. So unless I'm watching a movie or something like that, I don't watch the news. I don't watch any of that stuff. I don't care. It's, it's, it's not going to affect me. Does that make sense? So I, I focus on what I can control, what I have control over, and what I can change, and what I can improve. And anything other than that, I consider to be a waste of my time. Good. Great thoughts. Great thoughts. Okay. What, um, what's your favorite sprinkler brand currently? Or brands, plural? It's going to be brands, plural. And I'd have to say it's a mix of Toro and Hunter. Okay. I've uh, used Toro historically uh, for years. We still do. Uh, we've recently in the last year started using a little bit of Hunter. We've kind of put our toes in the water on Hunter. And so far, I like what I see. I don't dislike Toro, but I, we're, we're just kind of mixing that up. I, I like them both. Okay. Yeah. And the last question, we'll decide if we are still friends or not. Are you a sunrise or sunset guy? <laughs> All right. I'm a sunset guy, but I like a good sunrise too. Oh, there you go. Okay. We'll stay friends then. I got to tell you, I'm a sunset guy all the way, but there's something special about a sunset that's different. And uh, I mean, a sunrise, there's something special about a sunrise that's totally different than a sunset. I like the sunset because it kind of like, it's like the, it's like nature's painting of the final end of the day. And, uh, but sunrise, man, if you catch a nice sunrise, it kind of sets your day, sets the tone for the day. I'm going to say I, I prefer sunsets, but I like a nice sunrise every once in a while too. Good. Well, thanks for, for uh, jumping in with this lightning round. Um, it was great to, uh, for you to share your story on the uh, Todd 2.0. And it's always <laughs> great to keep in touch with you over the years and see what you've been up to. And Todd, thanks so much for joining us today. You're welcome. And I appreciate you uh, giving us the consideration and talking with me today. And it was a pleasure talking with you too, Andy. I really appreciate your friendship. Likewise. Keep up the good work, Todd. We'll talk Thank to you, you soon. Care. Take care. Awesome. All right, guys. That was so great. That's going to wrap up this episode of the Sprinkler Nerd Show. I think that seeing all the positive change that Todd has made on his physical and mental lifestyle is super motivating. 
Uh, to me, it seems that losing 100 pounds would be almost impossible. And I think uh, I know that I exercise a lot and I have probably 15 to 20 pounds that I could lose. And uh, one thing that stuck out in my recollection of talking with Todd was something simple like drinking more water. So I think I'm going to make that a goal for myself going into 2020 is to drink more water. And one of the ways I might do that is bring a liter Nalgene bottle with me and try to drink at least three bottles of water per day. So that's going to be my goal for 2020 is drink more water. Remember that we have just started a private community on Facebook for sprinkler nerds just like you. So you can join our private community where we can share information together in a nice, safe, and fun environment. And like always, we'd love to have your feedback on iTunes. So if you want to head over there and leave us a review, it doesn't have to be a good review. We will look at all positive or all criticism uh, openly. So head over to iTunes, leave us a review if you wouldn't mind. And I think that's going to wrap it up. So thanks so much, guys. And until the next episode, happy sprinkling, and we'll talk to you soon.